This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning, Bridgeway. I'm Pastor Mike. And I don't know about you guys, but what I just caught from Pastor Justin just made me really hungry. That's all it did, right? Like I'm thinking ladies' brunch. I'm thinking stuffing. I'm thinking... I'm just thinking about food, okay? Like this is second service. It's already lunchtime. Um, anyways... In all seriousness, let's get into this, though. We're, uh, we've been talking through the series of No Other Gospel, where we've been in the book of Galatians. It's a great book. Actually, a letter that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, where he's addressing things that he's heard about them and encouraging them in their faith. Last week, Pastor Ron gave a great message where he talked about how we are invited into a new family, into a new freedom, in Jesus. If you missed that message or any of the other messages, you can catch them on our website or on our YouTube channel. We've got all of them listed there. We also have a sermon discussion guide where you can take what we do through the sermon um, and bring it a little bit more into your life. Bring it one step deeper. You can use this with your family, with your group, um, or just by yourself. But while we're, while we're getting ready and while we're getting into this, if you can grab your Bible, we're going to be in Galatians 5 today. There's paper copies right in front of you, or you can pull it up on your own digital device. Um, and while you're flipping there, let me just give us a little bit more background about what's been going on and what the other messages that we've talked about have been talking about. So it appears that the churches in Galatia, that people there are telling others, telling believers that they have to basically be a Jew in the rules that they live to be able to follow Jesus. And they're saying that one of these things that they have to do is they have to have the sign of circumcision as well as be following Jesus. And, um, and they're saying you have to do that. So they're, they're adding things to Jesus, saying you need Jesus and, in this case, circumcision to be saved, to be able to be a part of the family. Paul goes on and he talks directly, he engages with Peter about this, and he talks directly and says, hey, that's not, that's not it, it's just Jesus. Um, and he talks about the freedom that we have in Jesus, a freedom that we can't do anything to earn, but that he freely gives. And that's actually verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I love that. I love that verse. And what that means for our lives. Lots of great stuff, though. Lots of great stuff in the messages that we've already heard from Pastor Ron, Pastor Justin. Like I said, they're really good. Go back and catch them. Um, today we're going to be in Galatians 5, starting in verse 7. We're going to read just four verses, 7 through 10. All right, let's read these together, and then we'll, we'll break them down. Verse 7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who's throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. So let's go back to that first verse. Uh, Galatians 5.7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep from obeying the truth? So we are, we're going to focus in on, this is going to be our main verse that we're going to focus in on today, take it apart and just talk about some things that we can learn um, about Jesus and about our faith in the middle of it. So that first chunk says, you were running a good race. 
And it just leads me to a question, what is a good race? What's a good race? And Paul, is, um, Paul uses this idea of racing. He uses it a lot. So if you've read his other books, other letters in the Bible, you'll have catch that. Like in the book of Corinthians, he uses it because even while he was in, uh, in Corinth, in the city where he was teaching them, raising up disciples there in Corinth, there was a race that's actually happening nearby. Um, it's called the Isthmian Games. These are like the Olympic Games, but just in a different city called Isthmia. Uh, but they were bigger than they were bigger than the Olympic Games at that time. It happened every two years. It was a huge festival. I'm not sure that Paul actually went to it, but the Greeks in the in the area would have been very much aware of the race, and they would have been very much aware of running. And so. You get verses in 1 Corinthians that point to the same thing, like 1 Corinthians 9, 24, that says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. So again, what's running a good race? So running well, I think, comes down to a couple things. It just means that they believed. He says they believed, and by faith, they were welcomed into the family that we talked about last week, and they've received the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? It means that we are locking our eyes on Jesus, and we are following him as closely as possible. And I'm going to steal this idea, one of Pastor Ron's messages from a while back. He talked about... A rabbi in the time of Jesus would, be, would have disciples that have followers. And those followers would be following so close behind him that they'd be getting the dust and the dirt from the flip-flop, from the shoes that the, the rabbis had on. That's how close we need to be following Jesus. That's what it is to be running well, is to be following so close you're getting some Jesus dust on you. This is a compliment, I think. I think he's, he's saying that they were, they were running well. This is a good thing that they were doing, that they were, they were lining up, that they were locked on and focused on Jesus, and they were running well. And I know many of you in this room, and so I can confidently say in this room as well, many here are running well, and it's good for you to hear that. It's important to acknowledge that you are running a good race. You are locked in on Jesus. You believe and by faith, you're welcomed in the family. You have the Holy Spirit, and you are living out that faith. It's, in, it's important to encourage and to acknowledge the good things that are happening. The second part of Galatians 5, 7 says, who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? And at this point, it seems like maybe he's focusing on who, and he wants to get, like, in this police investigation mind where, like, Let's figure this out. Let's figure out who the person is. But, but he, he's not intending it to be that way. If you look at the rest of the chapter and around there, he's not focusing. He's not trying to get a name from them. He's, he's more dumbfounded. He came in and he taught them all this truth about living in freedom. And they're giving it up. Saying, no, we need Jesus. And also you have to follow all these rules. And the rules are as important, if not more, than maybe Jesus. And so he's just dumbfounded. How can this be? How can this be happening? Why would you give up what you've already claimed? Why would you give up that freedom? And so he cares about them, and he asks them a question. 
He asked him a clarifying question to find out what happened. Who cut in? Now, the other, other translations talk about this cutting in as more of an obstacle. Who threw an obstacle in your way? Because if I read this in my modern eyes, I look at who cut in and I think of line cutting, right? Like I'm standing in line at Meyer and somebody just kind of sneaks in right in front of you, you know, during Black Friday sales, hypothetically. That might make me mad, but this is not that. This is an obstacle in your way as you're trying to run a race, or more like somebody comes in and you follow the wrong person off to the wrong path. I think the best picture of this that I can think of is from a movie. Um, it's called Cool Runnings. Now, I might be dating myself. Anybody seen that movie? Okay. Well, wow, you guys actually, you have good culture in this room. Thank you. First service, we got a lot of work. There were three of us, Okay. Some of you need to start coming to first service so I feel a little bit more at peace there. But anyway, so Cool Runnings, it's this story about an Olympic uh, race that happens. And what's happening is these Jamaicans are preparing, they're getting ready for the Olympic trials so that they can go and do the Olympic race. So every four years they get a chance, they can go and do this Olympic trial and then if they, if they uh, are the top four in that trial, then they can go on and do the race. So the race that we're going to look at is the 100-meter race. And uh, we get to see what happens in this, in this story. Just a little clip of it. So let's go ahead and roll this. I should have stopped the video right on those faces because if I see her face, that's the face I think of when I think of what Paul is seeing here. He's, he's her face. He's just like, what? you got to be kidding me. And he's just devastated because now he's lost the race. That was his chance to be an Olympic runner, which is no more. He worked so hard for it. And that's, that's the thing. Paul's writing this and he's like, no. Oh, come on. This can't be the case. you got to be kidding me. Who cut in on you? And that second, the third part of the verse says, and kept you from obeying the truth. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What does this look like now, right? Because... I don't think that we're really having a big debate about circumcision in the church right now, right? But there's a number of issues, and we could look at them in our society. There's a ton of things in our society right now that society is elevating and saying that this needs to be equal or higher priority than Jesus. And instead of cherry-picking one of those, I'm just going to focus on uh, the one I think he's actually focusing on, and the one I think is true in our society now, is that I think... In some cases, we're confusing salvation. People will say, well, how can, they'll ask a question, they say, how can you as a Christian, how can you say that Jesus is the only way? Well, if we flip back, we just listen to what Jesus said about himself. John 14, 6, he says, Jesus 
answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so it's pretty clear that Jesus says it about himself. He is the way. So if somebody is saying, well, yeah, but I kind of, I want to, I want to change this. I want to add more ways. I want to say that there's, you know, maybe if we say this way, this way, and this way, I just want to, we can't. That's not what it says, and that's not what the word says, and we can't add to it, or we can't say Jesus and, because Jesus just said that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and there's no way to the Father except through him. What I love about this picture, though, is that God gave us the way. He didn't have to. He didn't have to make it right, but he did. He chose to, and he gave us the way. He gave us his son as as the way to be right with him, as the way to restore relationship with him. So we have to be careful because there are divisive people there are people that are teaching false things. And in Romans 16, uh, 17 through 18, Paul warns of this. He says, now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Watch out for divisive people and false teaching. There's people that are that will lead or, or raise things up that shouldn't be raised up because it's not Jesus. They'll want to raise something else up and say, well, this should be equally as important and we need to be as focused on this as Jesus. And it causes fights and it causes quarrels and it gets us focused on the wrong thing. And it comes out of our own desires. It's it's our desires, our things that we want, whether it's power or, or gain or if I want control or you may not even be able to enunciate that that's the thing, but it's our desires. I want this, so I want to add to Jesus to make that fit. Our problem is, is that we get, we get focused on other people and what they think of us rather than what Jesus thinks. And Paul warns of this in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. I'm not going to put this on the screen, but I'll just read it. And I think he says it the best, so I don't really want to add to it. A time will come when people will not listen to accurate teachings. Instead, they will follow their own desires, surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. They will follow their own desires and surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful because that, I think, is happening in some, in some ways. We're looking, as a as society, we're looking to draw in teachers that will teach them what they want to hear instead of teaching them what the Bible says. Right? There's what, a couple hundred people in this room right now? And if we all just sat down and wrote down our ideas outside of the Bible saying, this is the way to make things right, we'd have 200 some ideas. But really we need to come back to this and go, no, 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 let's be unified. Instead of, let's, instead of divisive, let's be unified on what the Bible says. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. He is the way. 
we can be united on this instead of divided on our own desires. The problem with this is that if we go back to our picture, we see that there's, a, there's a, uh, the video that we just had a minute ago. We see the person fall in the middle, right? And it, we think that if we fall or we mess up or we get something wrong or we get confused that it just affects that one person, but it doesn't. Let's read Galatians 5, 8 through 9. It says, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And you see that in that video, right? He's they're all, all, however many of them were running the race. The guy in the middle falls and he's a little behind even. And he takes out the guy on his left. And he takes out the guy on his right. So when we get confused and we just let it go, this is what starts to happen. Is we take out the people next to us. And it ends up tainting the whole. It makes it all bad. It causes rivalry in the church. And it separates us when we're meant to be together. We're meant to be united. So what do we do? We root ourselves in the word. We start with the Bible. We want to be true to what the Bible says. Let's let the Bible tell us about Jesus. Let's let the Bible tell us about this relationship, this hope, this truth that we get to claim and this relationship that we get to be a part of. Instead of trying to decide if the Bible fits into what I want. In fact, we should always be doing this. Check me. I'm a human just like you. Does what I say fit with the Bible? So we should be starting with the Bible, and I think we also need to engage the cutting in. And Paul does this. You can go back and check this message out later in chapter 2 when he engages with Peter. And Peter's saying, hey, you know what? Circumcision does matter again, and we need to elevate this. We need to make it Jesus and circumcision. And Paul calls him out. Says, nope, that's not it. He does it again in chapter 5. If you read around the verses I've said and even the verses I've said, by engaging with the people who are being confused, he's calling out the ideas. One of my favorite verses, James 5.20 says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's be these people in love to draw each other back to Jesus, to the truth. So, I've been working on this, this project with my kids um, where, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw somewhere that if you chop off the top of a pineapple, you can plant it, and then it'll start growing. Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I love pineapple. So we started this thing, and this has been going like six months now or something like that. And I'll tell you what, I'm about ready for this pineapple, right? Like, let's eat some pineapple. I don't have one yet, though. And I did a little bit more research, and I was like, well, how long is it going to take me to actually get a pineapple? 
and it said three to four years in good climate. Michigan is not the ideal for uh, climate for pineapples, just to let you know. So I'm guessing somewhere around year eight, I should have a pineapple, right? That's kind of me, though. I want the pineapple in my life right now. I want to change. I want to be understanding and drawn back and taken out of my confusion right now. <laughs> but that doesn't often happen. I'm more like a pineapple that takes me forever to grow and change, and I want to. So let's, as we do that, draw each other back with love and an enormous amount of care. This is super hard and super difficult to do because engaging with issues and stepping in is often the last thing we want to do, right? That doesn't sound like bringing peace. That sounds like bringing conflict. But it says, whoever turns a sinner from their error will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so I encourage us, even though it's easier to stay quiet, easier to avoid it, and easier to just not care, I encourage you to care, to step in, and to call each other back. And as I begin to, to wrap up here, if I can have the worship team start making their, their way up here, I'm going to read this last verse, Galatians 5.10. It says, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. See, there is a penalty in store for those who lead others away which is both comforting and really sad. It's justice to have consequence for actions, but sad because I honestly hope that these people as well might hear the truth and love and be again running their race good. So today I just encourage us, I encourage us to leave a little bit more like Paul. If we look back to that verse 7, it says uh, he's, he's calling us to encourage each other. So let's encourage each other. When we see people running a good race, let's encourage that. Let's care enough to ask concerned questions that point people back to the truth. Back to a relationship with the one God who loves us and wants us, even with our mess, even with our confusion, even with our imperfections. The one God who gave us the one way through his son, Jesus. And let's do that. Let's follow this right leader. Let's follow Jesus and not let things cut in and distract and keep us from obeying him. Let's be so close behind him that the dust from his shoes is getting all over us. Get into the word. Keep it close to your heart and get dusty from it. Let me pray for us. Father God, it is so good, so good just to be with you, to know that you are a God who loves us amidst all of our failings, that amidst all of this that we've messed up, God, that you, you provided a way, you provided the way to be right with you. God, that you've given us your son who has paid the ultimate price who died in our place so that we don't have to pay that consequence, but he did it for us. God, thank you for him. Thank you that you don't leave us and that you haven't left us 
behind. God, help us to lock eyes on you, to follow you so close that we're covered in dust. God, for those that are in our lives that we we see being led astray, that are getting caught up in other things or that are elevating something to say that it's as equally important as you, that are elevating other things or other issues to say that you need to believe Jesus and. God, help us to, to speak. Help us to have courage to step in. Help us to have courage to do this with love. Because you are the one, God, that is worthy of all of our praise. You are the one that is worthy of all of our worship. And so, God, as we prepare to to worship you now, we want to give it all to you because we love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide. 